Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Big Drunk Lists. Uh, I'm your host, Ryan Fawkes from the beautiful Bloomington, Illinois. And I am Greg Voss in Chicago, freshly back from out of state. We got a pretty fun episode today, and actually this was another one that was a request from one of our listeners, so I, I kind of want to start with a shout out to Tom. Shout out! Shout out! Uh, Tom <laughs> suggested, and he, he's been a listener since the beginning, he always gives great feedback and ideas with us. Um, so we thought it'd be great to do one of his suggestions for today's episode. So today we're going to do our top 10 movie sequels. Um, and I think this one was really fun. And I think we got some good things on the list. But before we jump too far in, Greg, why don't you tell us what you're drinking today? Um, I am actually drinking Old Scout as recommended by my liquor store, Garfields. They have great uh, recommendations. And I almost bought one of my go-tos, uh, but I wanted to actually do a um, a bourbon today because today is June 14th, National Bourbon Day. Oh, I wish I would have known that today was National Bourbon Day. I would have gotten it. Isn't it also Flag Day and Donald Trump's birthday today? I I don't know. Uh, I have a, a dating app that told me that today is National Bourbon Day, and then I Googled it to verify. Um, uh, so I haven't looked up the other two. <laughs> Clearly your dating apps got the priorities if they don't even tell you about Donald Trump's birthday, but they tell you about bourbon day. <laughs> well, they know me. They do. They know you. Uh, you would not <laughs> what be are you surprised. Drinking? Well, you're not going to be surprised. <gasps> yeah. I'm drinking Jameson. Um, I just haven't had a chance to go to the store, but I guess I'm kind of switching up a little bit. Um, because I'm doing mixed drinks today. So normally I'm just drinking Jameson right out of the glass. Um, today I'm doing whiskey Coke and actually it's blueberry diet Coke. So it's a little different, um, but it's still Jameson. So <laughs> nothing too exciting about that. Um, uh, I did also want to uh, give everyone, uh, an additional little bit of a, an update. I just want to say everyone, if you really like uh, our episodes and how they're edited, uh, they have been edited by Ryan Fawkes, who's a master editor, who's actually uh, done most of the editing for this. I add very little input. And so if you like it, add uh, hashtag uh, Ryan Master Editor. Oh, well, thanks, Greg. And if you hate it, those are the parts that Greg asked me to change. So <laughs> <laughs> You're not wrong. <laughs> All the good stuff is mine. Right. No, thanks for that. Um, you know, it's cool. We're kind oh, of doing of this. We're really doing this on our own, just the two of us. Um, and doing it, um, we have not done this in person because, of course, the coronavirus, COVID-19. Yes. So yeah. um, we've been doing this all over Discord and recording as we go. So <laughs> um, it's going pretty well so far, though. Definitely. Uh, yeah, I just had to give that shout out because as we uh, move more into our podcasts, uh, I've noticed a lot of people have been asking uh, what they do for editing. And I was like, we don't have to worry about the problem. Uh, Ryan takes care of it and he does quite a bit of it. And I wasn't even able to have any part in it this weekend because I was out of town. So I uh, just wanted to give uh, uh, Ryan a shout out. Well, hey, I love a good shout out. So thank you. <laughs> hey, with that, let's uh, go ahead and jump in, Greg. What's uh, what's your number 10? Okay, um, so I wanted to kind of give something uh, that I had my little uh, own twist on. So obviously movie sequels are amazing. But uh, my own little twist was I, de I deemed that the movie sequels had to be better than the first. Ooh. I'm not sure if you thought that same way, but I thought it gave it a little bit more challenge and maybe a little bit more controversy. Uh, I went with Rocky IV mm. from 1985. Um, interesting enough, it was the most financially successful entry in the Rocky series, including both Creed movies that came out over 30 years after. And you'd think due to inflation, they'd be more successful. No, 
Um, but Rocky uh, Four became just so good because it had Dolph Lundgren, who was just an absolutely great actor. It had who who he played Ivan Drago, the Russian who comes and I must break him. Then later, you cannot break him. He is made of iron. Uh, just absolutely phenomenal <laughs> acting. Um, but one of the more interesting things I learned about was um, someone sued the studio because they wrote a Rocky script. The studio decided not to pursue it and then later made a Rocky script that was almost identical to his. And uh, after the lawsuit, they're like, you wrote a script on characters you own zero rights to. <laughs> so uh, you get nothing. Like, Props you don't for have trying, a- though, you know, like, <laughs> shooting your shot. <laughs> yeah. Like if he just wrote a regular boxing movie about like some dude, and then he fights a Russian. Like, OK, that's iffy. It's like you you don't have the rights to Rocky. You can't write a Rocky script, dude. <laughs> wow. Rocky was going to make it on my list. And actually, I spent more time researching Rocky than than anything else that actually made onto my list because Rocky's I not a sequel I couldn't decide which okay thanks I couldn't decide which one I think Rocky 3 was my favorite uh a- after going through see all that's where you're wrong well, it's Rocky 4 okay I mean that's what you said right <laughs> that's <laughs> maybe Rocky 3 is your number one so I don't want to jump too far in it is Rocky 4 <laughs> Anyway, Rocky Three was my favorite, but I think that that's one of the best series of all time. So I'm glad it did make the list. A hundred percent. And one of the things I really wanted to kind of like point out with this one is uh, it's the only one. Uh, well, actually, no, actually, it's one of two on my list. That is the fourth. Most of the time, if you're going to have a good sequel, it's going to be uh, two or three, mm-hmm. and usually for the most part, two just because it's a follow up, or three because whatever reason trilogies are kind of a big thing i think spider-man was the first one i remember being big and then you know you had lord of the rings and i feel like trilogy is a very good like three is like the rule of three or whatever but that's just my little hypothesis you know you did mention something that segues perfectly into my number 10 which is spider-man 2 um the toby mcguire spider-man spider-man 2 so let me just say i I stand behind this, and I think many people may disagree with me, but I think Tobey Maguire has been the best Spider-Man there has been so far. I will disagree with you. Uh, so I think the movies are the Tobey Maguire movies are better, but I think that Tobey Maguire is not as good of a Spider-Man. I just believe that he was too old to be the high school character mm. um, because it's very much about balancing uh, being a high schooler and trying to have a crush and all this other stuff. And I think Tom Holland, by being an actual young kid, is able to uh, pull it off better versus everyone being clearly in their 20s and in high school. That was kind of a thing, though, right? In the early 2000s, even before, in the 80s and 90s, that the people who played the high school kids were clearly, like, fucking 30 years old, you know? (laughs) Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, dude, you clearly were 18. Right. Um, (laughs) So how I heard it was... um, Tobey Maguire was a better Spider-Man, and then um, Andrew Garfield was a better Peter Parker, but Tom Holland does a better combination of them both. I will say Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man I thought was just okay, and I won't go too, too deep because I know you said that this is later on your list, so we could talk more about it then. Um, but what I really want to share of why Spider-Man 2 I thought was such a great sequel, um, I thought Dr. Octopus was a phenomenal villain. 
and I thought yes. that it was played just perfectly. And that's what I kind had of quite really a bit on Alfred Molina on my own. Okay, he was amazing. Um, though I do want to point out that one of the best things about Raimi, also known as uh, for us uh, Raimi films nerds, the Holy Trilogy. <laughs> that's, a, that's a joke within the Spider-Man uh, fan community. I'm a big fan of these movies. I I own them all. Um, is that they have guest stars by Bruce Campbell, who also played Sam Axe. For mm. those who remember my favorite characters, he he's just got great cameos and all. So uh, I guess that brings us <laughs> to our drink then. Yeah, I've got some more. I want to save it for when you get to it, since it is later on the list. So uh, excellent. Every- yeah. <laughs> let's all. No, that's great though. Everybody, let's take a drink. Um, and mm-hmm. Greg, why don't we move into your number nine? All right. So this is probably one of my most controversial ones. Uh, Tremors 2 Aftershocks. Mm. It was a 1996 direct-to-video. Um, but one of the interesting things, it was met with good enough reviews where a theatrical release was actually considered. For those who don't know Tremors, Tremors is uh, kind of a spoof on B-movies. At least the original one was. It starred Kevin Bacon, who is just amazing in it. Um, and it also had Michael Gross. What it was, it was just about... Oh, it also had Reba McIntyre, which I thought was very, very uh, interesting. Um, uh, but it's about these giant worms that attack this small town in the middle of uh, the desert. And they kill people, they eat people. But it's it's more of a spoof about it. Like, what's the speculation where they come from? Oh, they come from... As they say in the movie, like, are they from space? Uh, and Kevin Bacon goes, no, no, no. My theory, government made them. Big surprise for the Russians. It's a very lighthearted, kind of like a dark comedy movie. Uh, it's a monster attack. But number two, despite being direct-to-video, I thought was just, it was a very good sequel, which I know the first one's considered a cult classic, so that's why I had to add that. That's another one of those movies, too, that has um, a lot of movies in the series that have spanned like 20 years, right, from the original to the most recent one. Uh, yeah, they're going to release the next one, Tremors 7, here pretty soon. Uh, so they also had a TV series on sci-fi. Um, one of the things that I have to say is Michael Gross has actually completely held up the entire um, franchise. After 2, he's really been the only... Pr- like So number... Number three, uh, a lot of the original characters came back, like the actors, but it was all the people who never went anywhere else. Mm. Um, and then he had a TV show, and then they had four, five, six, and seven, which is coming, which is going to take place in Thailand. Is coming out. He was just uh, there filming, so maybe it takes place somewhere else. But he's he filmed in Thailand, um, and yeah, uh, Netflix has been holding it up. Uh, one thing that kind of pissed me off is that Kevin Bacon was going to create a uh, like a TV show bringing back Tremors. This was after 6 or before 6. It was right around that time. And despite Michael Gross completely holding the series up, he's the only one who's been in all of them, uh, Kevin Bacon did not invite him back. Oh, wow. It was, it was actually like kind of a bit of a slap in the face. Like he's an original character, so it's perfect to have him. Um, but you're just not going to have him back. Like he's the one keeping the franchise alive. So a bit of a tiff with, uh, Mr. Kevin Bacon, but Michael Gross, I'm a huge fan and you've actually Facebook, you've responded to my Facebook messages twice, which thank you. So if you want to come on the show, you are <laughs> absolutely welcome. Oh my gosh. I would, <laughs> I, I would fangirl so hard. I remember when he just responded to me because we were talking about, 
vanilla ice cool as ice and he uh, <laughs> uh, he tweeted about how it's the anniversary, and I said the fact that it was snubbed for an Oscar is considered one of the biggest travesties <laughs> in filmdom. And then he responded, "I agree," with a little clown emoji. And I fangirled so hard. I, I took a screenshot and everything, showed it to my family. We're all big Tremors, Michael Gross fans. So it was, <laughs> if you want to become a fan, oh, like or just jump on and just be a guest star, oh. I would fangirl. I'm not going to lie. So just take that into account. I don't want to scare you away, but <laughs> we'll leave it at that because we do not want to scare him away. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, Hey, my number nine, um, insidious chapter two. I don't know, Greg, if you've seen any of the insidious movies, um, I Insidii. think Insid if you've seen any Insidii, I, I don't, I have not seen any of them. Oh, uh, what is it about? highly recommend so um there are four movies and part one and then part two is a sequel part three is a prequel which is good um the fourth one sucks don't even watch it um i think they they know what sucks so i don't think that i'm hurting anybody's feelings by saying that fair but, enough um <laughs> insidious kind of is uh so it starts a little unique it's the idea of this boy um who astral projects at night so you know is able to basically like starts by having lucid dreams where he can control himself in his dreams, but it, it finds that basically he's able to travel um, into what they call the further. So it's almost like this, uh, you know, this land between the living and the dead. Um, so it's all kind of based around that. And his dad, when he was young, also had this ability. Um, and there are like demons that when you're astral projecting are able to come in through, basically get in when you're away from your body astral projecting. Um, they can come in and that's how they can get back into the land of the living. So um, what really made Insidious Chapter 2 to me, first of all, this series is one of my favorite horror series of all times. It's simple. Um, the jump scares are good. The story is good. The acting is great. Um, so the fact that you haven't seen it, Greg, I highly recommend and any of the listeners who are listening, I recommend. Um, but what I really loved about this sequel, Chapter 2, um, is even though it was filmed a couple of years later, it picked up ex directly where it left off. There was no gap in time. Um, it picked up and actually oh, I love it when films oh, do I that. I love it. I love it. And, you know, there's this element because some of this stuff takes place in this this weird realm between the living and the dead that even in chapter two, when one of the characters is astral projecting in the further, um, they're seeing events that were taking place in the first one as well. So it not only takes place immediately after, but also like at the same time in ways. That's that sounds great. Uh, from I was just looking it up, and it looks like it stars Patrick Wilson. It does, yes. Who's actually earned himself? It says he earned himself a reputation as a screen king. Uh, but uh, I remember him from A Team and Watchmen. But he's also been in the Conjuring movies, and uh, the villain in Aquaman. Uh, but uh, Insidious, I, I definitely rec uh, recognize the poster that they have, and it. I definitely recognize it. I didn't know that's what it was about. I thought it was just kind of like a, just like a, one of those regular old spooky haunting movies. That actually sounds very interesting. I'd be very interested in actually watching it. It is. Films. It's a cool way to kind of put a twist on a classic tale, right? So you got your ghost kind of demon yeah. thing, but you know, you put the astral projection twist on it and it is a little different. And I love any movie um, that can take uh, a new twist on an old classic because it's safe to say most stories have been told. I mean, movies have been being made forever, um, but when you can bring in a new concept or even just a new twist on a classic idea, uh, that's how you can earn some points in my book. I 100% I, I agree. Um, 
Though I believe that it might be time for us to take a drink. Oh, yes, it is. So everybody take a drink. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Here I go killing again. (laughs) We're going to move into Greg's number eight. All right. My number eight. Rambo from 2008. Uh, So I really struggled. I wanted to do my best not to have any duplicates throughout franchises because um, like with Rambo, you also had Rambo 2. I thought those were actually both better than the first Rambo. And there's a bit of there's a bit of a controversy around there because um, some people prefer the first Rambo. The first Rambo is actually what Rambo was intended. It was about a Vietnam vet who comes back from the war, and the it's meant to be about um, someone going through not only PTSD but uh, the discrimination that happened to uh, Vietnam vets who came back. A lot of them were just boys who got drafted, thrown into a horrible war, and then they came back, and people hated them for being part of the war, but they were kids who got drafted. Um, that's what Rambo's about. But then Rambo, after two, uh, became about kind of the perfect soldier. And while the original creator isn't a fan of that, uh, Rambo 4 was just a brutal, violent action flick. He goes to Burma and he fights. And one of the cool things is that um, uh, he gave a boost of morale to the Karen National Liberation Army. Uh, Despite the name, it's not about uh, an army that goes and talks to managers. It's about uh, those rebelling against Burma, uh, Burma, uh, also called Myanmar. Um, But one of the cool things is its slogan, where uh, Stallone goes, Live for nothing, or die for something. Uh, That became an actual rallying cry by uh, the army. And uh, Sylvester Stallone said it's one of the proudest moments he's ever had. I love that Sylvester Stallone made it twice on your list already. <laughs> we're, we're only three in. I love Wait that. Wait till you see the next seven. It's only <laughs> Stallone. I have Stallone home films on here. Stallone is what makes this podcast great. Just kidding. It's Michael Gross. Please <laughs> we're really, be, really please plugging for him fans. to get on, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Oh, have you seen Rambo? Of course I have. Yes, I think I've seen them all. And they had another um, just last year. Is that when the most recent yes. Rambo came out? Yeah. So the Rambo uh, titles are very confusing because it's First Blood, then Rambo First Blood Part 2, then Rambo 3, then Rambo, then it's uh, Rambo 5, Last Blood. Um, and I would rank them in the order 4, 2, 1, 5, 3. Mm. And I want to just point out, uh, four, two, and one are very close. They're phenomenal films. Uh, two is about rescuing POWs uh, over in Vietnam. One is about him in Oregon. It's fantastic. It's classic, um, but it's more plot heavy. And then three, uh, five is just. Five and three are just leagues below. Five is okay enough as a film. Three is not enjoyable in my opinion, but the four, two, and one, oh, so good. So good. Obviously, I would say one is probably the best recommendation, but I prefer four. Like, but one is kind of like the PTSD, like getting the grit of what war was type of film. I will say four uh, seemed to be... Uh, the most violent too, <laughs> out of all of them. So if you're into violence, five that's was pretty cool. violent. 
five had some like almost torture-esque scenes mm. but i mean four did have the great scene so if anyone has ever watched the one of my favorite films roadhouse where uh patrick swayze rips out a man's throat rambo does it in this movie but it's how it would work in real life you don't just like smack a guy in the throat and you have his throat in his hands this is <laughs> oh he rips out a fucking dude's throat <laughs> Oh, it's so brutal. <laughs> I love that movie. Uh, so, <laughs> oh, Ryan, as we just get a little chubs over uh, oh, over know. Gore, why don't you give us your number eight? Uh, my number eight, you actually segued earlier into this because this is a Bruce Campbell movie. Um, Ooh, Evil, so Dead Evil Dead 2. Evil Dead 2. What do you mean, Ew. Get out of Just here with kidding. that. Okay. I, I, I'm a big uh, Evil Dead 3 fan. So. Okay. Three, and I'll talk about three on here, and I don't know if three is on your list as well. So. Oh, you have it later in the list? I don't have it later on the list, but I, I was going to talk about it here. So if there's a chance it's going to come up on yours, I'll leave it alone. It, it, no, 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 no. Uh, it does not. I didn't even think about it until you brought it up. Uh, so we can go a little bit into it, but please uh, go on about number two first. Sure. I would so rather hear that. The original Evil Dead um, came out in, like, what, 1981. Um, great cult classic. Evil Dead 2, what I loved about this was um, it wasn't really a sequel. Um, it was more a parody remake of the original. Um, so while the mm. first one had a big cult following, the second one, um, they really kind of went with the comedy horror genre. Um, and kind of remade it. So you see comedy horror having shown up even since then. Um, this was one where they were almost kind of making fun of themselves. You mm -hmm. know, they'd had some goofs. They made it kind of cheesy on purpose. Um, I, I remember the iconic scene where uh, Bruce Campbell, of course, had to cut off his own hand and ended up replacing it with a chainsaw. You know, <laughs> and he walked off <laughs> with a chainsaw for a hand. Um the third movie, which I want to talk about too, Army of Darkness, almost made it onto my list. So I, I had a, a, an interesting fact that I read when I was researching into this is the original story for Evil Dead 2 was not to really kind of be this parody remake. What instead was to take place um, in Roman times. It was supposed to be basically what the plot became of Army of Darkness. Um, and the uh -oh. idea got turned down. Um and so they kind of rebooted it here instead. And the movie, again, was kind of rebooted in 2013. Um, but that was even another sequel to the original. So um, I really just, I loved Evil Dead 2. Um, but I really loved how they kind of just took a step back and almost made fun of themselves. And put out a movie that had just as big a following as the original. Yeah, and uh, I think one of the interesting things about that series is you kind of get into... Like, they, they made a, a remake of the first one, and it went very uh, horror-heavy. But I think the lightheartedness that was set up by number two kind of uh, just persevered because they had Ash versus the Evil Dead, which mm -hmm. um, was definitely less lighthearted than the uh, third one. The third one, I would probably say, is more of a comedy than an actual horror comedy. It's not even a dark comedy. I think it's it's just silly. It's silly fun. Um, but it's, it, it was kind of, uh, set up by number two with, it's a dark comedy, obviously like in most horror movies, if you cut off your arm, uh, you bleed out, you're, it's horrible. I mean, just think of the movie saw this one. It's like, oh no, I'm attaching a fucking chainsaw to it. It was, it was definitely a sillier idea. I, and I love it. It's, 
it um i'm not a big horror movie fan i've seen quite a bit of horror movies but uh i'm more of an action guy myself or a comedy and a dark comedy i can get behind well so this is kind of a good mix for you and one thing i like to describe when i talk about especially the original three evil dead movies is they mm-hmm. almost switched genres all three times right for the movie yes the first one was a straight horror movie um, 100% horror movie the second one was truly like a dark comedy like you said a horror comedy um, the third one had some comedic elements but it was also like an action adventure movie you know what I mean like it was so oh, yeah. full of action too so it's really cool to see um, taking a movie genre and almost having three movies that were different genres but all played into each other that was very very cool and all with Bruce Campbell yes Oh, one of the best parts is it has one of the most iconic, I would say, uh, quotes is in number three, where he just holds the shotgun and goes, this is my boomstick, as he holds a shotgun after shooting a sword in half in medieval times. But I feel like that's a very iconic, silly line. That was a good one. I, I, I really like you know, Evil Dead 2. I... I like three because I'm more of a comedy guy myself, but excellent choice. Had I known Evil Dead 2, I probably would have put three on there. But I think that's what makes this podcast great is we don't we don't talk about these. We don't add these. If you had said something, it might have made it onto my list. But now we get to talk about it, and it's a free number. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Why don't we take a drink? Um, and, and, Greg, I think we're on your number seven. All right, my number seven, Thor Ragnarok. Mm. Thor Ragnarok um, is absolutely uh, phenomenal. Uh, The only reason it could even happen was because of the success of not only Guardians of the Galaxy, but the MCU as a whole. Uh, It's a very uh, far out there uh, comic book storyline that really wouldn't have happened. Um, For those who don't know, Thor is the God of Thunder from the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Obviously, Thor is one of the original Avengers. I mean, you'd have to be living under a rock not to know who this character is. I mean, the number one film of all time, which is Endgame, uh, features Thor heavily. Um, But what made this one so great is the first two Thors, he was just uh, a fish out of water. He was a cocky, arrogant jerk who kind of falls in love with a human and it's it really doesn't have much and then this got remade like just kind of almost recreated the character by the masterful amazing Taika Waititi possibly my favorite director of all time I mean he to me he ties with Spielberg I I give this guy credit my favorite oh, wow. second favorite film of all time is directed by him um, but what Thor Ragnarok is, it's the plot of Planet Hulk, which is a uh, one of my favorite comic book storylines. I'm a bit of a comic book nerd. Um, but what it made great is it was Hulk was great. It introduced the amazing characters, Valkyrie, who is the MCU's first LGBTQ character, and Korg, played by Taika Waititi himself. Um, but what it really did was it, it took Thor from a douchebag who's a powerful guy. You can take people down uh, to just kind of a bit of a a super powerful guy who's also a dumbass, but is clearly feeling emasculated by the, the Hulk. Because throughout most comics, the Hulk 
defeats the villain. Then the Hulk rampages. The Avengers team up. They can't take him down. Thor joins them. They're able to take him down. But the Hulk is the most powerful Avenger. Like, it's said that throughout. I know there's a few who can beat him occasionally one-on-one, -on -one, but Hulk has been said throughout to be the one with the highest power level. The angrier Hulk gets, the strongest he gets. He doesn't have a limited power. Um, but Thor is very emasculated, and it turns this guy who's this douchebag who can always beat anyone into this kind of guy who's just like, I'm the strongest Avenger. And then, like, not even Robert Downey Jr., who doesn't even show up, but he clearly says that he's not the strongest Avenger. He's not even in it. It's a very funny, lighthearted take on a character who is just kind of like, it was a more serious storyline. Oh, I have nothing to add because I got to be honest, I'm a little embarrassed to admit I've not seen Thor Ragnarok and <gasps> I know. Oh my gosh. I'm probably, uh, when it comes to the Marvel movies in general, I'm behind and I don't know how I got so far behind, but I fell so far behind. I probably have six or seven movies if we're looking at the order they were released to watch to catch up absolutely fine why don't we go to your number seven yes <laughs> my number seven nowhere near that <laughs> my number seven is the second austin powers movie the spy who shagged me fuck you fuck you I <laughs> no, you, you just you just took over another one of mine. And, uh, oh no! <laughs> you're you're just you're just taking mine up. Eventually, I'm not gonna have anything to talk about. No, I'm glad I got go so far with Thor. <laughs> that's good though. I'm glad you talked so much on Thor. <laughs> no, I Austin Powers. If you haven't seen Austin Powers, get the fuck off of this you know podcast because I don't know why you're listening to us, but. Um, these movies were, um, they were kind of a spoof. They were absolutely a spoof of like the spy movies, James Bond specifically. I mean, it was total, not, you know, total spoof of James Bond. I hope I don't step on your toes here when I say this, that, um, Daniel Craig says the reason that his James Bond movies are so brutal and dark is because of Austin Powers. Go on on that because I do not have that note on mine. Um, so basically... Austin Powers makes fun of the over, like, this silly sexualization. It's not this, like, oh, like, there's a passion. It's like, oh, we should do the sex. Oh, I'm the femme fatale. <laughs> I will do the sex. And they have sex. And then, like, it's these silly gadgets. And Austin Powers has, like, the toothpaste gag in it where he thinks it's like something else and then the sharks with laser beams on the head it was making fun of this the silly traps and gizmos and so they had to have a brutal darker version because anything that people saw they would just kind of be like it, it would be so easy for Austin Powers that is hilarious <laughs> Yeah. I yeah, I did not know that. And I will give a throw to the, the third movie, too. Austin Powers' gold member was also phenomenal. Um, yeah. and, and all three were good. Um, mm. But I love that in these movies that Mike Myers, who was the star, he was Austin Powers, played multiple characters in the movie, too. I mean, he played Four of them. Yeah, he played the main good guy protagonist and also the main bad guy. <laughs> he played both parts in every so well. film. Yeah, and he did it so well. And there were also, I wanted to make a little call out to some of the other great actors who played even small roles in there. So, of course, Seth Green, um, who plays the son of the oh, bad guy, yes, is hilar yes. hilarious. Elizabeth Hurley, 
um, Will Ferrell, who plays uh, Mustafa. Um, <laughs> I could not ask you three times. <laughs> and and a throwback to a love fest we had in a previous episode. Rob Lowe makes an appearance. Uh, in a couple Rob Lowe. Of them. <laughs> yeah, we had to cut that out. Maybe uh, if we have a Patreon page. Uh, but Rob Lowe, so great actor. We fangirled the heart over it. And I will continue to go on about him. So every time he shows up is great. But no, I, these movies got added to Netflix yes. even like a year ago, I think. And I just rewatched all of them. Um, and <laughs> this one is my favorite one by far, but the entire series, phenomenal. If you've not seen Austin Powers, you're living under a rock. If you haven't seen Austin Powers in a while, go back and watch them again. And number two, you know what? I'll, I'll bring it up when I get there, but uh, Fat Bastard, just Fat mm-hmm. Bastard. Yes, and he's one of the reasons that it, it made up on my list. So that's another character that's played by Mike Myers, phenomenal addition to the cast so he um, weighs one metric ton <laughs> so you said this is going to come up on your list oh yeah so i'm not going to dive too yeah. too far because we're going to talk about it again but i feel so bad that i'm like hijacking no yours it's where fine. i gonna ramble on mine <laughs> and then i i just i gotta take mine like i run with them and then you're like this is mine. I'm like, yeah, we'll get there. <laughs> we got this. Hold on. No, it's all But don't good. worry. You can always edit it because you have control. Oh, yeah. I'll take out the, the shit that I don't like on yours and make myself <laughs> sound better. Yeah. Re- re- <laughs> record the beginning again. Just be like, hey, this is a solo episode by Ryan. <laughs> take all the parts I like on your list and put them on my list. Right. <laughs> you know what? Thor Just Ragnarok is my dick. new number eight. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my number. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. You thought you were going to get away. We got to take a drink. Very important. We need to take a drink. Do not try to go on without that. Uh, I'd get fired. I know I'm one of the two people. I have 50% control, but I would fire myself. That'd be just absolute disrespect to the podcast. <laughs> we only have one fucking rule here. <laughs> Um, uh, mine is The Mummy Returns. Oh, okay, yes. With Brendan Fraser. Uh, one of the coolest things that I know is that uh, it introduced The Rock in films. Uh, so uh, Dwayne Johnson, who, which is how he's known, that's his actual name, was originally a wrestler uh, called The Rock. His um, grandpa was a wrestler. His dad was a wrestler. Then he became a wrestler. Um, he had the phrase... Can you smell what the rock is cooking? Uh, but he wound up guest starring in this. And at the time, he was um, the it was the highest paid intro to acting ever. Um, so basically, it was his first foray into film. He was a horrendous actor. Absolutely awful. Uh, he's so great now. I, I love him in a lot of the films. But oh, it was so bad. It was so, so bad. But um, because he was so well known in just wrestling that he was paid more than any other intro. Because when you have, think of someone going to film the first time, it's a pretty small introduction to it. Um, so he made tons of money in that. Um, but one of the things is it was such a funny uh, movie. They're very kind of like uh, Raider, not uh, Indiana Jones-esque films. You know, going into temples and it's joking, but they're just funny, silly. It also spun off an entire series, The Scorpion King, 
the role played by The Rock, mm. spun off another series called The Scorpion King. Uh, the Rock was only in one of them, as far as I know, but they had five Scorpion King movies. And they were I didn't all know they terrible. Five. They were all bad. Fuck you. The first one was good. Uh, maybe the first one was okay, but in general, the first, they were not the good. first one is one of those where the acting sucks, the plot's shit, but the action's cool. It, it, it's like, not to go a little sexist, but the 90s term guy films, that's what it was. Where you just don't care about anything other than watching someone get, like, hacked apart. Like, there's a dude who's like, look at this bow, and he's, like, not able to pull it. He's like, oh, well, this is too hard. And then the freaking rock picks it up and just, like, lo- like pulls it so far back that he's able to launch, like, the arrow through, like, three people. Like, it's very guy-esque, very bro. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's fun because it's kind of that (laughs) not to mention for brennan frazier this was the height of his career at this point right i mean he had had um i'm trying to think of the movies he had before then i love george of the jungle which of course was before the mummy i think um bedazzled which also starred elizabeth hurley yes it did that that was a great movie i haven't seen that one in a long time blast from the past from the past that was one of my favorites with christopher walken hands down one of my favorite movies i've ever seen was that one. And then The Mummy was great, too. But he was kind of in the height of his career. He's one of those actors that kind of fizzled out after, like, 2002. You know, 2003. And these were all late I, 90s, early 2000s. I heard he went through some breakup. And, like, because he, he gained a bunch of weight. Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, he compared it. Like, if you look at your... Holy shit, the dude was cut and ripped. Yeah. He was a jacked motherfucker. And then he went just to kind of, like... Regular Joe, which I mean, us regular Joes, we're 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 a little pudgy. We got some weight to us, but damn, he was like a beefcake. I wonder if The Rock slowly stole Brendan Fraser's <laughs> life, and that's why The Rock is so goddamn jacked. Because he was always jacked, but now he's even a jacked jacked. Because as Brendan Fraser started to lose his physique and his energy, The Rock started slowly growing a little bit. Maybe that's how he gets where he's at today. It's not six thousand calories of healthy foods. It's it's life force from now irrelevant celebrities. <laughs> Where are we? Where even are we? (laughs) Everyone, (laughs) I digress. Uh, Ryan, please give us our number six. Yeah, can we take a drink? I mean, it's not even drink time, but I think we need to take one. It's not. I'm going to take one. Ryan, you take (laughs) one. Fans, I recommend you take one. Cleanse this palate. What are we on? Number six? Is that six? You're number six. <laughs> oh, my number six, um, I think, is so great because um, this sequel came out 20 years after the original. Dumb and Dumber 2. And so the original Dumb and Dumber. <laughs> what are you pfft about? Dumb and Dumber 2 was great. And maybe it doesn't fit your list because maybe it wasn't yeah, that, better than the original. And that's that's what, though that is one thing that I love about our uh, podcast is we put our own restrictions on it. It was a good sequel. It was, but by not being better than the first, it couldn't make mine. So I love that. I, sorry, continue. I think I think that's what uh, makes ours unique. We don't discuss it, like I said earlier. Right. So yes, please go on. <laughs> I love Dumb and Dumber too. I was pleasantly surprised by it, but uh, please go on. So the original Dumb and Dumber came out in 1994. 
Um, and it was very highly rated. Everybody loved it. Of course, it starred Jim Carrey and Jeff Daniels. And in the 90s, mm. Jim Carrey was at the height of his career. I mean, he was the perfect example of comedy. When you saw him show up, you knew it was going to be a great comedy movie. Um, and I'm pretty sure they did a they did a prequel movie uh, at some point with different actors, too. I don't think that it, it went very well, but... Um, 20 years later, the original cast, Jim Carrey and Jeff Daniels, came back, um, and they really kind of picked up where they left off. So it even took place with their characters 20 years later. Um, I just even remember... <laughs> yeah, like... Go ahead. Oh, no, no, that's what I was saying. It's 100% right. Yeah, it just continued. Like, it was the same. Like, they were still the same guys. But 20 years later, well, well, and, <laughs> it was a little sad. And I even remember, too, so, like, it opens up, um, and, you know, Lloyd had been committed to, like, a mental institution, basically and since Lloyd, the time. And Lloyd, by the way, is uh, Jim Carrey's yeah, character. Yeah, sorry, Jim Carrey's character had been committed to a, to a mental institution, basically since the end of the previous movie. Um, when Harry shows up uh, to let him know that uh, it was... It was a prank that he pulled on him. Basically, a twenty-year <laughs> like, prank. <laughs> so good, and that's how they that can is explain the funniest like, thing you've episode. ever pulled. <laughs> and uh, anyway, and then he tells him that he uh, he needs a kidney or something, and that kicks off the, the story of the movie. So it's his big cross-country road trip filled with hilarity and this and that. Um, and even at the end, we find out that the fact that he needed a kidney was also a prank and they're, and they're yeah. laughing about it too. Um, it is, if you loved the first one, 20 years later, reprising the roles and equally hilarious, picking up right where they left off. I and feel like this is one of the, uh, best films that are, especially comedy wise that, uh, waited 20 years for it to create a sequel and then be funny because i mean we already previously talked about rambo and rocky four who i mean they had i mean rocky four maybe it was like 10 11 years i really don't know when the first rocky came out but it, it wasn't too long after the first rocky but rambo itself i mean the first blood was 1982 so that was 26 years since it came out wow um but there are sequels in between then. But for that big of a distance, for a funny sequel, I feel like I haven't... The only movie I can think of that had a sequel... No, I can't think of a sequel that waited that long to be that good. The only one I can think of, and I'm kind of giving credit because it hasn't come out yet, is the new Bill and Ted movie. That's, well, they already had one sequel. They though. did. They had one sequel, but they've had a long absence since then yes 100%. and they're, they're rebooting that as well but the movie's not been released um but yeah. i feel like that's a very similar situation yeah. where you have a duo cast and you're rebooting it with the same duo cast to kind of reprise their roles many years later down number two i was pleasantly surprised i i think one is i would put that on my top 10 list of films number one is so stupid stupid it was stupid humor before stupid humor was a thing now you have family guy the simpsons um where you have someone who's just dumb and they do something stupid and you're like ha, ha, ha. and uh, those are great I mean, I'm, not, I'm not gonna knock them but because i had my picky little 
qualification. That's why. Because Dumb and Dumber 2, I think, was one of the best sequels to come out, especially given the weight. They also had that weird prequel, but we're not going to talk about that. Yeah, I think there was a prequel, but it was not. When Harry met Lloyd. Well, and it was different actors, too. Like, it wasn't even the same cast, which I guess makes sense because they were kids, right? It was like a high high school, you know, as opposed to being So from what I've seen, uh, I've seen bits and pieces. The actors, whoever played them, did a phenomenal job recreating the character. I agree with that. They did They did the best they could with what they were given. Yes, yeah. 100%. From what I've seen, it was more of a sexualized, just high school version of Dumb and Dumber. Like, it was meant to kind of bring it into today's day and age. When you, you didn't need to, but they did. Um, but, like, because it was more about trying to get laid versus just them being dumb. But yeah, great, 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 great sequel. Like I said, it couldn't make my list because of my little situation, but that's what makes this podcast podcast great. <laughs> Sorry, this I just looked. This is a uh over 105%. So this 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 bourbon is uh got a little kick to it. I was going to say this uh what also makes this podcast great is the drinking as you can tell from <laughs> Greg's explanation. Movies <laughs> on the list. <laughs> so luckily we can uh beast through these next ones. Um okay. <laughs> Everybody, let's uh take a drink and we're moving in to Greg's what number 5. I think we're on number 5 already. Yeah, it's Spider-Man 2. All right, let's go on to Ryan's number five. Just kidding. Let's, everybody, let's seriously take a drink. I know <laughs> half of you didn't do it. Um, so Spider-Man 2 uh, from 2004 uh, obviously was phenomenal because it didn't star Topher Grace as Venom. Um, but Alfred Molina was absolutely amazing as Doc Ock. He's been yes. in so many things. Uh, I have actually really liked him uh, recently. The show ended, but I really liked him in Angie Tribeca, which was produced by Steve Carell. Um, but uh, some of the interesting things was the film broke Lord of the Rings, The Return of the King's record for the highest grossing Wednesday film of all time. And it held it for three years until it was topped by none other than Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix. Wow. So, like, both of those are series that are god tier series those are series that are like if you say lord of the rings or harry potter i mean five-year-olds know those those are literary classics amazing powerful films spider-man 2 was in between those like yes spider-man is a very well-known character but i mean uh doc ock was so good uh there's a a joke between my cousin and I where we just go, you mean the precious tritium? <laughs> like, <laughs> um, I don't know why, but he always calls it the precious tritium. Like, he's like, oh, yeah. Do you have the tritium? He's like, do you have the precious tritium? Uh, but Alfred Molina, the guy who played Doc Ock, phenomenal. Uh, you also forgot to mention the fact that um, Joe McHale played the banker during the scene that Doc Ock uh, robbed it. I don't know if I forgot. I I just didn't even think about that. You forgot. 
Yeah, no, it's uh, it's a really weird thing. I watched it recently because I'm a very big Sam Raimi, Sam Raimi film, and it's actually uh, just to go a little bit back on my list. How I talked about, I only wanted the film to be better. This really speaks high praise for how good this film is. That I consider it better. Speaking of the fact that uh, none other than Randy Savage, Macho Man Randy Savage was in the first one. She played Bonesaw. <laughs> you know who else played a role in that? Uh, and it's a little more obvious than that, but James Franco. And I don't know how we didn't talk about James who? Franco. Yeah, who, right? James Franco <laughs> played... And actually, I have a kind of an interesting tidbit about this. <laughs> That's not even debatable. He's the most famous person to come out of that franchise. He, by far, hands down. No question about that. Um, but mm. did you know that he was screen tested to play Spider-Man? No way. Yes, and and before he was given the part of Harry, so just imagine how different that movie would have been. I think Tobey Maguire, I already said this on my number 10, that he was the best Spider-Man and best Peter Parker, but think about yeah. if James Franco had played that part <laughs> I instead. I agree that uh, that would have been a, a bad role. I do too. I think he was Franco... better in the role he was given. Yeah. Well, he's the nerdy guy. Peter Parker's a nerd. He's not meant to, like, yeah, he's supposed to be kind of, like, jacked after getting bitten. But he's a nerd. He's a loser. And, I mean, that's not to say, like, Tom Holland or James, like uh, Andrew Garfield are losers. But you're supposed to play a loser, play mm-hmm. a dork, play a, a bit of a nerd. James Franco is too classically handsome. Though, then again, he was able to pull off uh, in that film... Uh, the Disaster Artist. I haven't seen that. Phenomenal. But, like, let's be honest. James Franco is one of those classically handsome guys. And for him to be like, I'm the nerd who no girl looks at. Like, okay, dude. Okay. <laughs> Good like, luck, buddy. Like, right. <laughs> like, that. one of the, the ways I qualify if a guy's handsome is if we were both to go to a bar and hit on the same girl. Who would win that? <laughs> who would they flirt with? Who would the girl flirt with? James yeah, Franco would beat out anybody. James Franco, yeah. <laughs> even if he's not famous, James Franco would beat out anybody except for Rob Lowe. Well, okay, Rob Lowe. We already know how we feel about Rob Lowe. <laughs> we can't even include him in the conversation. <laughs> <laughs> because we have to cut out hours of talk about right. how handsome Rob Lowe is. We probably have, between all of our podcasts, among all of them, a solid two and a half hours of us just talking about how wonderful <laughs> Rob Lowe is. He's a great actor, a great human, like handsome, like pff, he has it all, but he deserves it all. God, you talk about your celebrity crush list, and I don't care who you are, Rob Lowe shows up on your list in some fashion. <laughs> <laughs> Rob Lowe's my number one on this list. He's not even a film, but that's how great he is. He's also my top three honorable mentions. <laughs> <laughs> Where did we start? Ryan. I got lost again. I, I got lost in Rob Lowe as I normally do. Yeah. <laughs> I, I Google image Rob Lowe. I got lost in his eyes. I have no idea where we're at. Uh, <laughs> uh, number five. What's your number five? Oh my Ryan? God. My number five. Okay. We talked about this last week. Toy Story 3. Never heard of it. What's it about? Yeah. Fuck off. I loved Toy Story. Um, but what we talked about last year, Toy Story 3 for a cartoon um, was one of the most like 
heartfelt, like, tearjerker cartoons ever. And I, and I mentioned this last week, so what was so great about it is the original Toy Story, the first one, came out in 1994. Um, and Toy Story 3 came out in 2010, which was the year that I graduated high school. And kind of the premise of the main character, Andy... Ass. <laughs> right, well, fuck off. I <laughs> saw that. I saw that on... <laughs> On the summer of my first, the first time I had a, my own place in college. But no, sorry, continue. You are I, I barely guess. older than me. But where this com- directly resonated with me was, it was two all- years. It's not. But that's that the interesting thing is that's it. No, no, the, it, it isn't. But it's the difference between you seeing that in high school and me seeing it the first summer I owned uh, my own place in college. Which, by the way, I saw with Rishi Seth. Shout out! Shout out! But no, what was so great about this is, and I talked about this before, was um, that 2010, the year that I was graduating high school and getting ready to go to college, um, that is what Andy, the main character, was doing, too. Mm-hmm. So I remember yeah. seeing this with some high school friends, and I think anybody can look back on this, and even for a cartoon, what an emotional movie. So I, I don't want to discredit the first one, Toy it's Story. It's very heavy. Yes, or Toy Story 2, but Toy Story 3 hit in a certain way that it was, in my opinion, hands down, the best one in the series. So even if I was rating these according to Greg's list, it would have still made it onto my list. Oh, 100%. Um, actually, according to this list, I wouldn't put it on my list. I would do two, three, one. I think two is a phenomenal film, but three, I still think is better than the first. I would put three over one. I mean, it's so emotional. I remember like, so much of the audience laughing along and then you go into this climax of the film not spoil anything and everyone was silent just glued there was no cheering no gasps no anything it was just oh so good such a good one interesting fact about toy story 2 actually um and I don't have my notes in front of me on this. I just read it when I was doing the research for Toy Story 3. But um, when Pixar had agreed with Disney, because this is before Disney had bought out Pixar and owned them, um, they agreed mm. to do a trilogy for Toy Story. And Toy Story 2 um, was going to be a, a release to home, so it was not going to count. Um, and really? it, it was not originally going to count towards the trilogy, but then they did a theatrical release. And so Disney still did not count it. So that's the reason for the Toy Story 4, which don't get me wrong, Toy Story 4 was great. But even though Toy Story 2 was part of the original three Toy Story trilogy, it did not count towards their contractual obligations to create a trilogy for Toy Story that they had with Disney before they were bought out. Very cool. And that's probably why they uh, hold up compared to a lot of the other sequels mm-hmm. within the Pixar uh, world. That's very, very cool. I really like that. That's a, uh, how do you kids say a fun fact? Fun fact. <laughs> okay. <Shit. laughs> Let's take a drink. <laughs> we are All so right. fucking disorganized on this one, but that's okay. <laughs> I think we're moving well, I think in. it's because it's a fun one and we, we, we kind of transcend a lot of bounds. We have these kids' movies, these adult movies, these action, comedy. Like, I, I really like this one. Mm-hmm. Um, but as you all take a drink, let's go over to my number four, which oh, is yes. once again a repetition because Ryan has great taste and picks mine <laughs> earlier. Uh, Austin Powers, The Spy Who Shagged Me, 1999. Um, one of the more interesting things, it took more money in its opening weekend than the entire box office proceeds 
of Austin Powers, International Man of Mystery. So it's first weekend. It took in more money than all of the first Austin Powers did during its entire theatrical wow. run. It was the first sequel ever to achieve this. And, I mean, there's probably plenty who have done it since. I mean, probably looking at, like, Avengers where, you know... Uh, the last one made like 1.5 billion, like it's open. I don't know the actual, one, but it like made like a billion its opening weekend, like something stupid. But it set a record for its June opening and the biggest opening ever for a comedy. At least that was uh, his record at the time. Wow. Um, it was so stupid. I uh, specifically remember. Uh, having a super hardcore crush on Heather Graham after she uh, fake showed her titties. Uh, she didn't. She didn't show it to anyone. But she, well, she didn't let her the movie Hangover. But in the film, I was like, oh, oh. I was only nine at the time, but I remember it being hot. Um, but it was a, <laughs> such a great film. Uh, you had. Austin Powers, like, he still, like, actually just any of the characters still kind of bring something back. I mean, I still have no issue talking about my one-year nephew going, he kind of looks like a baby. <laughs> I eat babies! <laughs> just, like, it's a silly, like, thing, but, uh, fat bastard. And also Mini-Me. We didn't talk about oh, Mini-Me Mini Me. How did that not come up? Yes. So actually, Mini-Me is more compared to my nephew than anything else. Because for whatever reason, my nephew, who at the current time is almost 18 months, almost a year and a half. I don't know why people say, like, 18 months is 23.5 months. Like, yeah, no, he's a year and a half. He just goes... He loves using E, so we always call him Mini-Me, but God, Mini-Me was such a classic character. He bites. I want to take a step back and talk about how you complain about people using months to describe how old their children are. Um, I'm proud to say I'm 340 months old, Greg. You just pulled out a calculator, didn't you? I pulled out a calculator. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, there's no way the fuck you just did that. I don't give up. Yeah. I mean, I shit. am so with you on that one. Like, what point do you give up? Once you hit a year, fucking stop counting your kids' life in months. Are you kidding me? Okay, I'm going to move on to my number four. Because <laughs> that's what we're on, right? Now I'm lost. Your math has got me thrown off. Hold on. We're on your number four. <laughs> Thanks. Fuck you. My number four um, is oh. actually a two for one uh, because these it's a part two and part three that I gave credit to both back to the future part two and part ew. three. You say you, I don't know why you say you back to the future. Phenomenal series. Um, not to mention the inspiration for Rick and Morty, which, <laughs> which is great. Um, yeah. And for those who doubt it, uh, Doc and Marty. Yeah, like, go watch that. It, it, advise, it's a very adult <laughs> and inappropriate. It's weirder <laughs> than Rick and Morty, in my opinion. It is, but, it but is, they use the same voice and kind of the same premise. Also, <laughs> just listen to the names, Doc and Marty. Mm -hmm. But yes, 
Um, the reason I say EU is three would not make it on my list. Two barely got bumped off. Two is by was, far better than three. By far better two than Two was so close to making my list. And that's including my little stipulation. So what's phenomenal Excellent about choice. this, compared to what we were talking about earlier, it picks up right where the previous movie left off, right? I mean, Back to the Future 2, oh, yeah. I mean, the opening scene is the last five minutes of the previous movie. Like, it's phenomenal. Um, it's cool when you can kind of see, um, and I talked about this with Insidious, where the events from a previous movie show up, right? Like when the when yeah. Marty... Um, of course, played by Michael J. Fox, which we forgot to mention. Michael J. Fox plays the main character in this. Um, and, and that was one of his, maybe I'm wrong, but isn't that one of his first, like, big films? By far, that was his, like, known for film. That was opinion. his, uh, the one that skyrocketed yeah. him to being Michael J. But Fox. It's one. cool because it, in this one, he was able to go back. So in the first movie, like, he went back to the 50s to, like, his parents, like, homecoming. So he could make out dance, with his mom. And he made out with his mom almost. He stopped it before it happened. But he was able to see himself then because he went back. So it was cool, like, you could detail that. Um, mm -hmm. But what's so cool about this, and one of my favorite elements of this movie series, um, was that they recreated the same scene in different times throughout history. So, like, there's a scene where he's being chased through, like, his town square. Um, and you get to see it originally because the movie was based in the 80s and he's being chased. And he's, like, on a skateboard running. Um, and eventually the people chasing him get hit by, like, some manure or something. Um, but they remake this in the 50s, and instead of a skateboard, it was like an old, like, box roller that he turns into a skateboard. Then they fast-forward to the future, which is actually current modern times. <laughs> but to them, it was the future that they would have hoverboards. Hold on, hold on, hold on. It is not the current modern times. It was five years ago. It was five years ago. <laughs> but it's... Like, yeah, where he goes right. on the, the board and goes across water? Yes. That was 20 fucking 15. I know. 2015, but instead of... <laughs> I know. So, yeah. Well, we kind of have hoverboards, but they're still not floating, right? So they didn't quite yeah. get it right. But no, so they recreate the same scene. So instead of a, you know, instead of a skateboard, when he goes back to the 50s before skateboards, you know, he kind of made his own. And when he comes into 2015... Um, you know, it's it's a hoverboard, um, and they even kind of recreate the scene in the Old West as well, which was the third one. Yeah. So it's really kind of cool that they took, like, the same – that was a cool dynamic. Take the same can, scene and just remake it in different time periods. Can I throw a little bit of a Chicago twist in there? Please. One of the things that was big was uh, – so uh, Chicago's the, – the Cubs, they have been known as the lovable losers. Um, well, they were – and uh, in 2015, which is when number two took place, they had the Cubs win the World <laughs> Series. But it was the next year, 2016, where they won. So that's kind of an interesting thing. Yeah. Like, it really is interesting that they're like, oh, well, 2015, they'll win. Yeah, they didn't win 2015. They came close, but they won in 2016. Like, that's kind of an interesting little thing. And there were some things that were not so accurate. I mean, we don't have hoverboards like we do. Oh, yeah. Um, but, I mean, being one year off from a team that that's pretty at the cool. time had, like, an 80-year loss. Right. Only for it to have, like, a 103-year loss right. or some shit. Like, 
Very cool. Very, very cool. <laughs> and I know I remember, too, this one always cracked me up, too. When I had watched it was um, Jaws was played at the movie theater, but it was like Jaws, <laughs> what, 19 or something? like. Yeah, uh, <laughs> and he showed up and it was super fake. Yeah, and he's like, shit, even the future it looks bad. Right. <laughs> Phenomenal series and everything. And uh, like I said, that barely got left off my list. That was excellent excellent choice i'm so glad you brought it up it really kind of helped everything all right i think now <laughs> we're to our top three and what's great I about guess. top three greg do you want to explain the special rules for top three? Oh, all right so our top three what we do is instead of drinking between every number we drink between every speaker mm -hmm. that means we're going to be drinking a lot more and a lot more frequently so uh i recommend you all give yourself a nice little bit of a refill or maybe crack yourself open a fresh one as we, uh, we do the same. And let's go on to my number three. Obviously, it's going to be a great number three. <laughs> Avengers Infinity War. Mm. So um, this was actually the first superhero film to gross over two billion worldwide. And actually the first the fourth film to do so um it was nominated for academy award it was amazing but uh what it did was it was unprecedented in the fact that it brought so many stars to one stage thanos isn't just a villain but a tragic character he's witnessed horrors and he's he's trying to do the right thing but with the wrong methods and the wrong reasons like it's such a good, powerful film. You watch a, a beast like the Hulk, who's fucked up every one of the other superheroes to just, just fuck you on the Hulk. But then he loses at Thanos. It was such an amazing, I absolutely love the film. And it also, the ending was, I think it should, the entire MCU should have ended with this film sneak peek for you by the way greg um as a dc comic book nerd you're gonna enjoy when i have a couple down on my list i swear to fuck if you pick uh <laughs> justice league i'm gonna smack you i didn't pick the justice league but i won't say right, any more good. than that because <laughs> we're gonna get down to it i think i'm sure the dark knight will be nice but let's go on to here number three we should continue everybody take a drink i i feel like half our podcast was you talking about the marvel universe which let's i feel so cleanse bad our let's cleanse our palate <laughs> i feel so bad i can't contribute to it because it is such no, a huge fine. name when it comes I'm to it not just in the sequel world but the movie world in general my number three is National Lampoon Christmas Vacation. Fuck. I never even considered those sequels, but <laughs> fucking excellent choice. So you excellent. Might, yes, you might not normally consider this a sequel, but of course it is part of a bigger series. The original National Lampoon Vacation, and then there was European Vacation, and then Christmas Vacation was the third in the series, which in my opinion is a Christmas staple in home. So the story called it follows Chevy Chase um, as Clark Griswold hilarious role. And he is the only person who could have played that role the way that it does. But it's, it, this is a John Hughes so film good. and we've talked about 
um, in this period of time, especially with John Hughes, like the Chicago movies, right? We, we've said in previous episodes, the movies that are based in Chicago, it was huge at the time. This is one of them. Um, and maybe yeah, it was I, a I, suburb. I don't quite remember. Um, Chevy Chase, wonderful in this role. And this is kind of like your quintessential like comedy Christmas movie. Um, I watch this personally every year around Christmas time. Oh, I'm sure to watch it. Um, it's hilarious. Um, Randy Quaid has a perfect role in this. Um, Randy Quaid is amazing in these. He's a weird fucking dude, but absolutely <laughs> great choice. He plays Uncle Eddie. He's got his fucking dog, a Rottweiler with a fucking big snotty nose. I'm pretty sure the dog's name is even Snot, isn't it? <laughs> these movies. Uh, it might be. I could be right. Uh, no, Christmas Vacation um, was basically all about um, his wife's family are coming for Christmas. His family are also coming for Christmas. Um, and it's just hilarity that ensues in that. So it's all about getting the getting the family ready. Um, I remember there's a scene um, where he's expecting his Christmas bonus to come in the yes. mail. Um, and it comes and it's like a fucking coupon or something. Like it's not even cash. You it know? is uh, actually uh, an invitation for the Jelly of the Month That's Club. That's where it is. Jelly of the Month Club. And That's a gift that keeps on giving, Clark. <laughs> and his brother, um, you know, Uncle Eddie, Randy Quaid, who really has good intentions. You know, uh, Chevy Chase talks about, he says, uh, you know, oh, I should just put my boss in his place. And, his, and he goes and he fucking kidnaps him and brings him back to the home you know and it's just a hilarious scene where he's like yelling at him cussing him out because he was expecting to use that bonus to put in a pool for the kids and family but the whole thing it is a perfect christmas classic if you are not watching this movie around the holidays um you should be because this is one of those few christmas movies um like a christmas story um, or, or others where you should be watching this every single year because it does still hold up. Well, and they went on to make a remake of it. I don't know if you remember, but it was... It was I never saw it. I remember it. I don't And it wasn't... It. So it wasn't a remake of The Christmas Vacation, but just of the series as whole. And it was yeah. when the kids were grown up. And I remember the boy, the youngest kid, was played by Ed Helms, grown up. And it was okay. Yeah, and it also included Thor. Oh, did it really? Chris Hemsworth was in it. I didn't. I guess it's been a while since I've seen it. I did. He was the dude who is like the cousin who's like hung or something like that. Either way, uh, <laughs> I think at this point you all deserve a drink. <laughs> I know. I deserve one move after that. On <laughs> to mine. No, well, we don't deserve one. I mean, shit. We're monsters. We're animals. But uh, Return of the King. Another one so, I can't add to at all because I have not seen any of the Lord of the Rings movies. I, I thought we were friends. I know. I know. I'm sorry. You and I apparently have very different tastes. We, You know what's great about these podcasts, though, is we can see because our tastes line up on some things like comedy, but then they separate on some things like I like horror and you do not. You know, and you've got some of these action movies that would not make it onto my list, which is great about this. No, we can kind of have no. a little bit of both. You're a monster and a serial killer <laughs> and are reporting you to the FBI's most wanted list. No, you're right. You are right, though. It is. It's fun. And I think if we had identical 
senses, it would uh, cause a boring podcast. I agree. Um, yep. Uh, but Return of the King. So uh, this is, I think, the most controversial part is that I chose Return of the King because um, Two Towers is debatably better, and I struggled with both, and I didn't want to have both on there. Um, but I think Return of the King was just uh, better because it, it added the closure that we all wanted. Um, but, uh, I mean, the film at the uh, 76th Academy Awards, it won all 11 awards it was nominated for. Um, you know what kind of pissed me off was the fact that Ben-Hur, a film I never saw, I think they remade it, uh, but it, it wasn't mentioned in that sentence. Mm. I did know that it tied for Ben-Hur. Uh, it is the 24th highest grossing film of all time when not adjusted for inflation. Um, but one of the most interesting thing was uh, it was the second highest grossing film of the 2000s but it was the second film ever to break a billion it went titanic uh return of the king and then avatar but the only film since avatar only two films since avatar have broken one in one of those jurassic parks so fuck people who hate jurassic park (laughs) But no, uh, uh, Jurassic, uh, Return of the King, that's why I kind of bring it up, because Return of the King was the first, was one of the first films to break second. I think it was the first film to get in second place, because it went Jurassic Park is first, then Titanic is first, and then Return of the King finally beat Jurassic Park. I could be wrong on that, but I'm pretty sure Return of the King finally beat Jurassic Park. So let me ask you this, because I can't relate to <laughs> Return of the King at all, but you said Jurassic Park, and I know you're a huge fan. I like Jurassic Park. I know you're a huge fan. Uh, I noticed Jurassic World did not make it on your list, and I know that that's because you refused to do um, only if the sequel was better than the original. But if you were just looking at great sequels, would Jurassic World make it onto your list? No. You didn't Dr- like it. Uh, Lost World would have. Lost World was the second Jurassic Park. Yes. Lost World, uh, they recognized that dinosaurs were were animals and that they were going to eat you if you were in front of it. But when it was full, it was going to ignore you. And it was about recognizing that. It was, don't do this. And I kind of like that by treating dinosaurs as animals versus monsters, I think is a super important distinction. And that's what I liked about it. Is the farther you trekked inland, you the more you got into dangerous dinosaur territory. And that's what it was about. And that's what I liked. And that is as a dinosaur nerd and a Jurassic Park nerd, um, it wasn't... We corralled this dinosaur and it escaped. It was, no, you shot up his territory. But if you go into dangerous territory, that's what's going to happen. I feel like I learned a lot (laughs) from this. (laughs) Yeah, I'm sorry if you didn't want to learn, but I like dinosaurs. I love it. Um, So I think we're going to have to... Take a sip as we move on to your number two. We're going to cleanse our palate <laughs> as we move mm. on to my number I two. I love that term. I really love it because <laughs> it's 
I uh, we, we go into dinosaurs, we go into my passion, and then we get to go and experience what Ryan has to say. I'm going to assume is Lost World, but no, <laughs> it is but, Lost World. That's not Lost World. I'm going to pour a drink, <laughs> uh, and I'm what, out of Coke, uh, so I'm straight to Jameson now. Mm. Um, you already know what's coming because we talked about it a little earlier. This is my little spoiler alert. The Dark Knight is my number two. I called it. I did. Yes, you did. Um, not only, in my opinion, is Dark Knight one of the best sequels. I think it's hands down the best Batman movie I've ever seen. Next, very close second, Batman and Robin. Um, which, With the nipple suit. Which, <laughs> I'm thinking uh, Uma Thurman as Poison Ivy and Arnold Schwarzenegger as Mr. Freeze. What's <laughs> oh, the dinosaurs? <laughs> the Ice Age! <laughs> Chill out. <laughs> you know? Ice to meet you. If you want to talk about Batman. best one-liners, that movie's got three out of my ten at least. <laughs> oh, that has probably eight out of my ten. Yeah, that movie phenomenal. is so bad, so full. So fucking phenomenal. Good. So the so Dark Knight, um, of course, was the second, and so there's been a lot of Batman movies, but I kind of look at them as um, you you know they were released in sets. So this one was part of the Dark Knight. So Batman Begins was the first one, and then the Dark Knight, and then the Dark Knight Rises was the third one. Um, so the Dark Knight was technically the second in this series, um, and I thought it was phenomenal. Um, this was Christian Bale as Batman. Um, mm-hmm. And I thought that he was just a phenomenal Batman. He played the part very well. A lot of people give shit because the way he did his voice, oh, I'm Batman, you know, but I thought it was great. <laughs> I did. Um, I, I thought he was very intimidating. I thought, you know, and maybe it was a little bit at the time it came out because it came out in 2008. This one did. So you had a lot of options for special effects. But 100%, yeah. how about Heath Ledger as the Joker? I mean... Have we seen uh, a a bad guy played as well as that in in a while? I mean, you talk about Thanos. And, and have I you haven't talked seen about Heath? Uh, no, uh, Joaquin Phoenix as the Joker. I liked Joaquin Phoenix as the Joker. <laughs> I thought he did a great job. I think, but well, they, he won an Academy Award for they it. They were too, different so Jokers, though. That's what was they, so I'm cool never, about it. That I, was I think, so cool about it. So I'm gonna I'm gonna just throw out this out. So Heath Ledger did a better job acting, but Bane was a better villain. Tom Hardy has been was just a better villain overall because he was going to destroy an entire city versus breaking Batman and making Batman bad. Um, okay. <laughs> I think we're ready to take a drink. We are down to our number one. And I know this one's running a little long, but I, I don't want to speak for you, Greg, but I feel like it's going by really fast because these, these are all so great. <laughs> they they are. They're, they're fucking phenomenal. And so that's why I've gotten to uh, my number one. It's uh, Terminator 2 Judgment Day. Um, mm. So, I mean, this came out. In 1991, but it's a sequel to a 90, uh, 1984 film, which seven years is quite a while for a good film to come out. Usually, you it's the next or two years from that. But there was reasons for it. It was legal and technological issues. Uh, technological issues is probably the best reason for delay. Because when you realize that your film can't be what it needs to be, 
best to wait on it. I know a lot of our younger and a lot of a younger audience can't really wrap their head around it because we have great technology now. There was a time where uh, the original films were clay. Even the original Terminator, 1984, they had claymation. Um. Now, this movie was super important just to films in general. It was the first use of human natural motion for a computer-generated character and the first partially computer-generated main character. It grossed $520 million worldwide, becoming the highest-grossing film of 91, the highest-grossing film of Arnold Schwarzenegger, the stereotypical tough guy, which, I mean... McBain from The Simpsons. Like, I mean, the Austrian <laughs> accent became the tough guy. Uh, it was the highest grossing R-rated film at the time up until Matrix Reloaded. And uh, one of the more interesting things I came across was that uh, Terminator Dark Fate, which is like Terminator 6 or 7, was considered a direct sequel which was just last year right <laughs> that one came yes. out yeah terminator 2 is so uh james cameron <laughs> who has directed two of the top three highest grossing films of all time he directed avatar and titanic was actually the director of the original two uh terminators and Terminator 2 is still considered phenomenal and amazing film, uh, but he managed to do that, and it's it really speaks a lot. And another sequel that did not make it on the list um, was James Cameron was Aliens, which was one of the best sequels to Alien, <laughs> uh, one of the best sequels of all time, I would say as well. And it's not my number one, so I don't feel like I'm spoiling anything. But that one almost no, made my not list. so um I it. So this is one of the things I want to say is uh, I know that Aliens is so much better of a film because it's an action film versus the horror film of the original Alien. I've never seen Aliens either, but I've known so much about it that I almost watched it strictly because I knew it was good enough so I could add it to my own. But I was going to add something I never saw to my list. I think that's fair because there were some things like... uh terminator 2 when i was doing my research it's been so long since i've seen it i didn't feel like i was qualified to talk on it and that's fair enough it's a phenomenal movie um if you actually wikipedia it says it's considered one of the greatest sequels of all time but the problem was that it's my greatest sequel of all time so that means everyone who's listening has to take a drink before they listen to your my best sequel of all time greg you're not gonna have anything to add to this and i'll tell you why you've said now two times during this that you don't watch horror movies so i don't think that this one will resonate with you at all um but it is by far my number one this is wes craven's new nightmare and what yeah, see, that doesn't that? ring a bell to you at all. Um, so you know Nightmare on Elm Street, Freddy Krueger, right? I mean, you've heard of this character. Frederick. 
Kruger. Yes, Freddy Krueger. Frederick Krueger? Oh, yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> he dated my daughter for a little bit. So, okay, thanks. So, you know Freddy Krueger. Um, <laughs> Sorry, that's a No, you're joke. fine. So, and Freddy Krueger's been very long running. They've had many, many movies. And actually, New Nightmare is the seventh movie in the series. Um, but it was very unique. And it was one... First of all, Nightmare on Elm Street is my favorite horror series of all time. Um, and Freddy Krueger um, was, of course, he was right. on the story. I want to hear this. That So it, I'm not a big uh, horror movie guy, but I'm a Friday the 13th guy. Okay. Jason would kick Freddy's ass. So do you probably remember then um, Freddy versus Jason. Which was yeah, the movie after New Nightmare in the series. That was the eighth one. Really? That's what yes. it was. And it came out years later. So New Nightmare was in 1994. And I think Freddy vs. Jason was in the mid-2000s. I mean, it came out years later. Um, but, but it was in the same series. Um, <laughs> but anyway, so New Nightmare, um, what was so great about this, it was the seventh one in the series. Um, it really took a different twist to the movie so they had kind of gotten cheesy um even after the first one um and mm. Wes craven the creator of the series who was only involved for the first couple um and then kind of fell off at this point got a lot of criticism because freddie um who um i mean freddie krueger i'll go back a little bit and talk about his character so freddie krueger was um when he was alive was a child killer um and was killed by the parents in the town of the children that he had killed. And he promised to come back in the nightmares um, of, of their future kids. So um, Freddy Krueger um, then became alive um, through the nightmares. And he had this claw hand with knives coming off his hands. And that's what he was creepy. He would show up in your dreams um, and eventually throughout the series mm. could come into real life as well. But anyway, so New Nightmare, the seventh movie in the series, what was cool about this is the movie took a twist on the series. So even though it was the seventh, it was it took place in real life that the previous six movies were movies, right? So this was really meta, um, and it had a lot of the actors who played the characters, basically all of the original actors who played the characters, and they were mm. their real-life selves, right? Robert England who was the person who played Freddy Krueger was Robert England in this, but Freddy Krueger somehow broke out and came to real life in this. Um, so mm. it was a really kind of unique way to do this. And Wes Craven came back for this one. So I mentioned that Wes Craven was only involved in the first couple, right? Um, Wes Craven came back and created and wrote and directed this. And he uh, kind of had the opportunity to turn Freddy into the villain that he always wanted him to be. So he didn't like the way that he had become kind of more cartoony and cheesy, just as you do in the early 80s, you know? <laughs> like, you can only do so yeah. much with special <laughs> effects, let's be honest, <laughs> you know, for it to be kind of cheesy. Um, but even Robert England to this day, who played Freddy Krueger for the first seven movies, said this one was his favorite because it was so really? original and it was so different because it took place where Freddy would come and attack the actors and the actresses who played in the original one. Um, what's funny about this is this was the worst performing in the series. I think there's been nine or ten Freddy Krueger movies because it's even been rebooted since then. There was Freddy versus Jason that we just talked about. Yeah, they, what is the most recent? Oh, also, 
Um, Friday the 13th had uh, another than Johnny Depp in it. And so, yes. Or not, not Friday the 13th, but... Uh, the original, yes. I'm so glad you bring that up. Actually, that was his debut to film. That was the first thing he starred in. That's the first time that he was... Well, he didn't star, but that was the first time he was on the screen before he did anything else. That was his number one. So Johnny Depp was introduced to acting on the screen <laughs> through Nightmare on Elm Street. Um, fun fact about New Nightmare, Wes Craven wanted to ask Johnny Depp to come in it because, of course, it was taking place in real life, right, with the actors playing themselves. Yeah. And so he was too shy. He was too timid to come ask Johnny Depp if he wanted to be involved in it. Um, Johnny Depp years later said, of course I would have been in it. You know, this is what kind of made my stardom, you know, kind of gave me my start <laughs> into everything. So, um, but Wes Craven was a little too shy to ask him, but, um, it, it was, it was the worst performing one of all of them in the box office, but hands down was my favorite along with a guy who played Freddy Krueger. Robert England said it was his favorite as well. Um, yeah. So, First of all, um, not a fan because of the fact that uh, no, it's actually a great choice, phenomenal choice. Uh, uh, but yeah, that gave me nightmares as a kid because I lived on Elm Avenue, not Elm Street, oh. Elm Avenue. But <laughs> as a child, Avenue. Boulevard Road, none of that shit means fuck. That scared the fuck out of me. I um, I would all say that it really didn't matter as much because I didn't understand it. Mm. And uh, but that's that's a very good choice. I mean, the fact that I didn't put any horror movies on mine speaks volumes about your uh, choice because and I had three uh, right. Yeah, I mean, uh, when you have movies like Jason, you have Jason X, like that's number ten, and that's okay. But there's you have so many sequels with the horrors that it's an interesting contribution when you have someone who can take over. And uh, while I haven't seen much of the Friday the uh, sorry of the a nightmare in Elm Streets because I live in Elm. Uh, I mean, let's be honest, I'm not a serial killer. <laughs> uh, that's an excellent choice. Um, so then you are a big Freddy Krueger fan, then? I would say I'm a big horror fan. They're my favorite movies to watch, and Freddy Krueger is hands down my favorite horror series of all time. Yes. Huh. It's interesting how wrong you are. But I can live with that. <laughs> I mean, shit. <laughs> All right, shit. We better wrap up before you talk too much shit to me, because I'm no, not gonna have on. three. I'm, I'm not gonna, gonna have gonna three episodes. No, no, no. <laughs> I'm not gonna have three episodes in a row where you talk shit to me. <laughs> not even three. Let's be honest. I've, I've started a while ago. You're gonna get laid into every episode. This is gonna be a thing. But <laughs> I. I think, you know what? I know why I had fun in this episode. Yes. So, I mean, out of anything, I think you should give us a good goodbye. All right. Well, hey, I'll go back then. Uh, I want to thank Tom. So I'll give him another shout out. Tom, shout out. 
Uh, thanks, Shut Charlie, for the suggestion. Up. He's been a wonderful listener, um, and he's Huge a good fan, good friend of mine. Great fan, always giving us good advice and good feedback and good suggestions. And you know, we we encourage anybody to do that. Um, not just the people that we're already friends with, which we appreciate those folks. Hundred um, percent, we do. We really do, but we appreciate the future friends as well. And we have some, fu- you know, some future friends that we've met just as a result of this podcast. So um, definitely, I, any suggestions, any ideas? If you want to come at us on Twitter at Big Drunk Lists and just give us some ideas or suggestions, you know, or even just rate some of our other episodes. So we talk about it every week. And if you're like, you know what? Um, I've got a movie sequel that really should be on the list. None of us talked about um, some of the big ones probably that are in people's hearts. I mean, I know that. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. We, we, had, we had some hearts. Like, we had, we had ones that we loved, but they might have had certain places in our hearts and our minds, and yep. we skipped over your own. So please let us know. Jump it out. We want it. And, you know, the great reception that we've had on the podcast we did. Um, I, I'm so excited about how many people have listened to our podcast in the short amount of time. And I hope that we keep that oh up. Oh, my so gosh. It's been blowing up. Crazy. So please keep sharing it with your friends um, and, and let us know what we can do to make it better for you. So, um, Greg, I think that's it for me. Do you have any closing thoughts? The only thing I could think of is deuces, Bruce's. Deuces, Bruce's. <laughs>